What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey Carrion, Jared Marcus, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I'd say as a collective, we are coming off of a pretty crappy week. We all got obliterated on DraftKings last week. Let's just, you know, say what it is. But, um, you know, we're looking forward to bouncing back in week three. Just a general note before we get into this week. You know, what are some tips, strategies, etc., that you guys use to bounce back after having a terrible week at DFS? Oh, Jared. <laughs> crying. Uh, cry, <laughs> crying. Drinking is always optimal. <laughs> Drinking is optimal. Um, usually, usually after a nice fat L of losing my whole paycheck that week, I um, <laughs> I black out drunk on the couch and cry with my nice. dog. That is a, a solid game plan. How about you, Joey? Um, you know. After getting absolutely shit on by the entire NFL week two, fat know, you just, shit, you just got you just got to look forward uh, to another week. You know, new week, uh, new new games, um, same players, but you know, you learn from your mistakes, right? And you know, you yeah. you know what I think of every time I lose. Hmm. The sun so, always comes out the next day. It's a you win. know, a loss is a win. The sun. Oh, that, was, the, that was deep, dude. <laughs> the sun always yeah. it always comes out the next day. It's it's gonna it, it'll be okay. You miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't. That's take, right. You, you do. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and for me, <laughs> more seriously, it's like you just gotta like not have so much of your bank in play that it's like gonna shake you. You know. You just yeah. like like yeah. It sucks to lose a week, but like if you're allocating your bankroll right, it's like that's one out of sixteen. Yeah, and you're yeah, just gonna yeah. level back up next week. So, you know, I mean, just try not to be too crazy with your bankroll. It all comes back to bankroll management. Something we've been talking about from the beginning. But you know, uh, in closing, you know, let's just put week two behind us. Get right onto this week three action because we got a ton to talk about this week. Thirteen games. On the main slate, do you guys have any general thoughts about this slate and how it's starting to shape up early in the week? Um, Joey, I was going to let, let you start with this. How, how do you feel about the value that we seek early on? <laughs> uh, got some funny guys over here today. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of value on this slate. Um, we can get into that when we uh, go through these positions. Okay, very cryptic. I like it. You know, a nice tease for the rest of the show. The the first thing that stands out to me this week is that there are several running backs above 6K up into the, the high 8s and even 9K that are all just smash cash plays. And, and for me, um, I think a focus of this week is going to be finding value with the other positions, uh, particularly at wide receiver, um, where we're going to find some smash value plays this week so that we can jam in these top-tier running backs. Uh, what, what about you, Jared? What is the slate looking like uh, as sort of a general overview to you? I have to agree, and with t- with tight end and defense, I'm either paying all the way up or I'm going almost all the way down. So that's how I'm. That's where I'm looking to save my salary. I'm most likely gonna pay down at, like all the way down at defense and, pretty far down at tight end, so I can get jamming these running backs. I like all the all the top running backs a lot. 
yeah, they, they all seem to be like they are in great spots, and we will get to each of them individually. Uh, later in the show, we are going to start off talking, by some, uh, talking about some of the chalk on the week. After that, we'll go position by position, talk every position and where we find value, uh, GPP plays, cash plays, etc. Then we'll close out the show with some 1% GPP dart throws and a best bet in terms of sports betting. Uh, and yeah, uh, that'll be it. But before we get into that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. That's where you can consume all of our content. That's where we post all of our links to our podcast episodes. You can also follow or you can also subscribe to us on YouTube at the DFS Dose. Go ahead, ring the bell if you're not watching it on YouTube. Also, if you are watching this on YouTube right now, you can go on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. You can subscribe to us on there at the DFS Dose. It helps us out a lot. Um, you know, leave comments, share, like, subscribe, all that. Yep, that's uh, that's dope, Joe. You cut out on my end. Did you plug our awesome uh, solo series? Oh, well? yeah, I forgot. So, me and Ben. We drop new videos every Thursday. Ben focuses on cash games and DraftKings. I focus on the Million Maker specifically for DraftKings every Thursday. So be sure to go ahead, check those out on our personal YouTube channels. Mine is Joey Carrion underscore. Ben's personal YouTube is at Ben Hover. So go ahead, check those out. You know, some good information in those videos, if I may did, say so myself. Yeah. Did you think of a uh, nice no, clickbait for tomorrow, Joey? See, you you get you get a lot of clicks by uh, by including NFL, okay, and then mm-hmm. obviously DraftKings and Million. You gotta; those are the main three keywords. Interesting, nice. So uh, putting putting people onto the SEOs, but it's really cool it's just um, the main thing is just uh, the thumbnails. You know, thumbnails okay. are are the key to success on YouTube. Okay. Damn, dude, giving out gems for free. Gems. Wow. Wow. Um, let's move on to our top uh, segment right here. We're going to talk some chalk. So I'm actually going to lean on you guys here because I have not seen the ownership perce- uh, you know, projections for this week. So tell me, I mean, who's going to be chalk this week? And is it good chalk, bad chalk? What do we got? <laughs> so at running back, you know, we'll start there because we're obviously going to be paying up for some of these guys. We got Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson coming out as the two projected highest on running backs as of uh, Wednesday at 10.48 p.m. Um, at wide receiver, we got Aguilar, Julio, and Keenan as the top three projected highest owned. At tight end, we got Evan Ingram as the highest owned uh, projected. So those, you know, figure to be some of the chalk guys, especially Aguilar. Aguilar is definitely going to be very high owned and uh cash games and gbps um and i feel like mccaffrey will be too i mean Aguilar to me is is great chalk uh, deservedly so i mean he had 11 targets last week in a game where you know they lost alshon they lost deshaun jackson um and it looks like both of them are highly doubtful for this week uh, jackson is definitely out and alshon very doubtful so um, yeah, I mean, Aguilar, if he's going to be that, that go-to option, I mean, they've really only got Whiteside and, and Matt Collins besides him and him, him and Ertz there. So, you know, Aguilar to me, he's a great value. Like we talked about, you're going to need to play down uh, for some of these guys to fit in the elite running backs. But, yeah, I mean, I love Aguilar. 
I mean, all those other guys that you named, though, really not guys that I was super focused on. I mean, McCaffrey definitely in play, but, I mean, do you guys like Chris Carson at 5,900? He is at home against New Orleans. I guess it's not, you know, the matchup isn't necessarily the best. New Orleans got a pretty good front, but, I mean, he is at home, and, you know, he's got yeah. a pretty massive workload uh, with Seattle. I'm not a fan of Carson. I don't really want to play him. He's... 59, I think I'd rather spend my money elsewhere, honestly. I think I want to pay up for three of the studs. Yeah, yeah I agree with that totally. And I mean, it's just if you want to go in that range, like if you prefer to, you know, kind of pay down for one of your three running back spots, assuming you're playing a running back in your flex, obviously, um, Marlon Mack, I feel like, is in a better matchup for 100 less. So... Yeah, um, th- that's fair. And going to tight end, like you said, Evan Ingram at the top of the board. I mean, listen, you know, my Twitter has been an Evan Ingram fan page for the last two weeks, but I do think that this week is different. Don't get me wrong. He's a great play. He's going to have a rookie quarterback with Danny Dimes starting. Uh, you know, the Bucks are going to be without Devin White at linebacker. So, you know, it, it all sets up well for him. He had eight targets last week, didn't really do too much with it. Uh, nothing like his week one blow up performance, but the thing about Ingram, and, and we'll get into this as we talk about the full position, but there's a bunch of other guys in that price range with similar upside where, you know, as before I felt like he was kind of in a tier of his own in terms of pricing related to upside. Now there's four guys within, you know, 1K of him that are that are very viable, I think. So it's a little bit different. If there's a good pivot in terms of ownership, I'm all for pivoting off of Ingram this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Great play, though. Great play. Yeah, I love I, Ingram this week. I think I'm playing Ingram or Greg Olson. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I know you've you've mentioned Greg Olson in, in our uh, in our Slack chat and in our group text. Uh, another thing, I don't know, Joey, did you mention the Slack chat? I uh, know. People, uh, don't forget, you guys can uh, join our Slack chat. It is pinned on our Twitter. You know, if you guys want to join the conversation, hit us up. Any type of questions or interactions yeah. you want to get in. Uh, that is available to join. Um, but, you know, let's not mess around here, guys. Let's get right into our position-by-position position breakdown, uh, starting with the quarterback here. Um, right at the top, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Mahomes is 7,600. Lamar Jackson is 7K. And, and my question for you guys is, do you think that this game is reminiscent of last year's uh, matchup between the Chiefs and the Rams where, you know, there was a ton of hype behind the game and then it lived up to it, and it was just a stone shootout, an absolute, you know, massive game. Does this game have that upside? Are you expecting that kind of offensive production from two of the most productive quarterbacks uh, that we've seen this year? Da, da, well, no. <laughs> no. That, <Okay>. that, <laughs> that was the most insane game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Nothing will ever come close to that. But is that just what it's like to play Patrick Mahomes? I mean, nobody else has even I mean, come close to that. <laughs> but I guess I mean, I don't know. Yo, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it ends maybe it ends eighty five to seventy two. Who knows? I don't for think some, it's gonna. For I some don't. reason, oh, sorry to cut you off, but for some reason, yeah, it's not okay. The total has dropped two points, which is a lot. Yeah, I think people are taking the under on this. It ha- that happened with the uh, Rams Saints last week too. Yeah, fi- it, the total opened at fifty four, and the live total right now is fifty two points. 
the Chiefs have an implied team total of 29, and the Ravens have an implied team total of 23 right now. I mean, it's not crazy. I mean, to, to think that the game goes under, I mean, you know, uh, what did the Chiefs have? 28 points last week. The Ravens had 23. I mean, even so, though, they were so productive, and they generated so many, you know, you know, fi- fantasy viable players. I mean, you know, that was all even with Mecole Hardman getting a 74-yard touchdown called back. So, um, I don't know. I just think that there's so much upside in this game. But I guess the real question is, do you guys think that these guys are worth paying up for? Obviously in GPPs, but are they cash game viable for you? I like – oh, my God. I mean, you can't ever not think Mahomes isn't cash game viable. I don't know when the last time he scored under 20 points. So, like, his floor is there. Um, yeah, it's more so the price. Yeah. Like, can you fit a $7,600 I mean, quarterback when, you know, Jackson, we'll talk about Dak soon, you know, Josh Allen's in, in play for cheaper. I mean, if you're playing you if you're playing Mahomes, you're not playing Saquon, you're not playing Calf, you're not playing Zeke, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to go down the Cook, I guess. I mean... I mean, that's not a bad lineup if you play two of the 7K guys and, you know, maybe you're into Chris Carson or Marlon Mack or something like that. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that it's always easier to pay down a quarterback, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how we always look at it. It's like, yeah, that's like the first place I'm looking to save salary once I have my dummy lineup. I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to cut some salary. It's like, all right, quarterback and defense. That's the first thing I'm looking to cut. I mean, I already know I'm doubling down for a quarterback this week. <laughs> Say it. I mean, I want to hear it. Josh Allen again, back to back. Josh Allen, home opener, seven one six, born and bred. No, I don't think he was born and bred there. He was, no, he was he, born he, in he the cornfields of like Nebraska or some <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> but I will say, you know, I've been I've been on the Josh Allen uh, hate train, but I think it's time to hop off. Oof. Week three, wow. NFL 2019. What did you just I say? Will admit. What did you just say? Hop off the. Coming off the hate train. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's, it's time. It's time to hop off. Okay. It's, it's it, time. It's time. Time to get on the money train. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. I mean, listen, Cam Newton is injured. There's a new Cam Newton in the NFL. His name is Josh Allen. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you. This guy is in a smash spot. I mean, he tore up, you know, MetLife Stadium two weeks in a row, and now he's coming home, all right? This dude is going to solidify himself with three straight New York wins in a row. He's going to be the new king of New York, all right? You know, Takashi, not not the king of New York any longer. Jay-Z. Okay, as we all know. Jay-Z, f- I mean, he's in contention, but he's no, he's no Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. Jay-Z, he's not Josh Allen. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd like to say I'd like to see Jay Z get out there and get me thirty DK. Yeah, you know? I like to see that happen. Well, I mean, Josh Allen, not- <laughs> he hasn't hit thirty yet, but you know, I think I think he has a a solid chance at hitting it this week at home against. Keyword, uh, keyword, key yet. Yeah. Wait till Sun. Yeah, absolutely. Wait till Sunday when the game ends. At what games is time to start? One o'clock. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So wait, wait till about four thirty till you till you're sitting at thirty points. Yeah. Had it had it in we shoulders. Know it's in his range of outcomes. He he oh. had forty point games last year, so this this could easily happen. I mean, his connection with John Brown is outstanding. Brown has been a, a great addition to this offense, and 
Cincinnati is playing up in pace this year. They're one of the fastest, uh, you know, pace teams, which is just going to give Allen more chances to, to, you know, be on the field in return. So I think that Allen is, is a great play. I think he is the pay down option if you're going under 6K. Um, is there anybody under 6K that you guys like uh, in terms of cash or GPP other than Josh Allen? Josh Allen? Um... Dude, I can't stop talking about Josh Allen. The, the Bengals just got it stuck right up their ass last week. Like, they're... It's going to be another... They're going to give up 40 points again. But if we have to talk about somebody else, I mean, Jameis or Matt Ryan. Mm. I Jameis? I can't mean, believe I just said Jameis. Hasn't put up 15 <laughs> points yet, but the Giants are absolutely terrible. He is 5,400, and, you know, I think Arian's quote was, like, just going to keep slinging it. So, you know, if, if, that's, if that's their mentality, I think he is in GPP consideration. Definitely wouldn't go there in cash. Uh, Joey, are you still on Kyler Murray as a potential cash play? Yeah, it's either it's either Kyler or Josh Allen for me. Mm-hmm. Now it's Josh Allen. <laughs> why? Why is Why is Kyler in play for you in cash? That seems shaky to me. I mean, seems foolish. The Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers. I mean, not to say that they're elite, but I mean, they held Golf, uh, you know, down pretty well. Um, they They held Jameis down pretty well. You know, I don't know if Kyler's markedly better than either of them. So I don't know. What are you thinking here? Is it just the volume? Yeah, it's literally volume. He's going to be passing a ton, obviously, and the Cardinals play at the fastest pace out of any team in the league. So, I mean, it could be shaky, I guess, but I think if he's throwing the ball 40 times, I, I love him for uh, cash games on DraftKings. I, I think I think his floor is 19 points this week. Oh. Do you think there's any shot that they are passing a little bit less than usual this week because Carolina is going to be most likely without Cam Newton starting yeah. Kyle Allen? This could be the first time this season and in Kyler Murray's career that they have the game in hand early and, and might not need to pass it that yeah. Dude, the Cardinals are going to win. Yeah, I think I, agree. I, I, I think, think the that Cardinals, that's a legit concern for him. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to win as well. But um, if they're going to win, they're going to do it on the backs of Kyler Fitz, Kirk, um, I don't. I, I like David Johnson, but you know I just don't think this running game has proven itself so far. But I think the passing game has, and so I do like Kyler at five point eight k. If you don't want to uh, play Josh Allen, but I love both of them this week, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a uh, tough choice. But I think the other elite play that we need to consider uh 6500 Dak Prescott at home highest implied team total on the slate obviously you know they're going against Miami which openly tanking they now just traded away Minka so um I mean Dak Prescott the, con- the same concern that we've had of of Brady last week you know is this going to be a blowout or are they going to let up you know off the gas midway through you know the third quarter because the game is so easily in hand that's a legit concern but I mean Dak has been great He's been absolutely great through the first two weeks. This new play-action offense that he's operating in is really, you know, freeing him up, making him an elite fantasy play. Um, I mean, Dak, to me, is a great option that saves 500 off Lamar Jackson if you need that 500. Yes, he is 600 more than Josh Allen, which is the concern, but I think that uh, he's still within reach, uh, especially for cash games. Yeah, there's no – I mean, you can't go wrong with him. 
is it just stream against Miami and sell the money all year? Kind of feels that way. Like that this is like the most open tank job in NFL history. Uh, they're not hiding it whatsoever. I mean, the first two weeks they gave up what? Where are we at? <laughs> they gave up. Um, twenty four point seven, and I think Lamar scored one hundred and seventeen points. What was yeah, it? I mean, they've given up over a hundred points in two weeks. <laughs> like, um, like... yeah, so they've given up sixty fantasy, about a little over sixty fantasy points to quarterbacks the first two weeks, and I think yeah, a hundred and two real life points. So yeah, you could yeah. you could play you could play Dak all you want. They'll probably just try out some new trick plays and some Madden plays that Kellen Moore th- came up with. <laughs> Absolutely, and I mean, you know, uh, I think anybody else you want to mention, or should we transition here? Uh, Kyle Allen, GPP. Wow. You yeah, definitely a good time to transition here. You want to hold You want to know just a quick, quick little stack that's going to be zero percent owned. Joey, Joey, back me up on this, right? All right, I got just you. even if you disagree, just back me up. I don't want to be embarrassed on the podcast. Luke Falk, Le'Veon Bell, and Jamison Crowder. <laughs> yeah. uh, no for me, I don't me, think dog. Joey's going to back you up on that, bro. Wow. No known Patriots supporter. I don't think so. Wow. I mean, Le'Veon wait, is cheap, though. Wait, Joey's a Patriots fan? <laughs> what? I would have never no, guessed. Um, let's move off of that terrible play and move on <laughs> to some, some, some stone great plays. Uh, so the top tier at running back this week is loaded. Saquon, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. Um, you know, who stands out to you in this group of five, and do you think that it's feasible to fit three of those guys in cash? Because it's going to be expensive. But, I mean, they're all in, in great spots, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I love all of those guys, honestly. I think they're all in great spots. Obviously, we got Saquon going up against the Bucks. Um just an absolute smash spot for Saquon. And if Daniel Jones is, you know, even competent, you know, it'll be an upgrade from Eli, which will help Saquon and Ingram and those guys there. So I, I love Saquon at 9,100. Um, Zeke, obviously, in a smash spot. Thank Dallas. Uh, they're obviously going to get out to a big lead early, and Zeke is just going to tear up the defense. Um, when they're 20.5 point home favorite. Yeah, when, the, when they're up. When they're up twenty-eight to zero after the first quarter, it's just going to be cruise control from uh, there on out. So I love Zeke. Those would probably be my top two options, and then uh, Delvin Cook for me. Um, Seventy-eight hundred at home against the Raiders. Two straight games with twenty-plus rush attempts. Um, ju- just an absolute beast, and he's been very productive so far. And I think he's still too cheap, honestly. So. Yep, uh, currently leading the NFL in rushing yards, 23 touches in each of the last two games. My concern with Cook, and and when you look at the five of these guys that I think are the top tier this week, and I'm including Austin Eckler in that, but, I mean, when you look at Cook, do you worry about the fact that, you know, such a huge percentage of his points from last week, including the 100-yard bonus and almost half of his yards came off one run, not to mention compared to these other guys, he just doesn't have – you know, the, the targets that these guys have. Like, Barkley had more targets last week than Cook's had in two games. I mean, we've seen the receiving upside from Cook in the past, but this year it just seems like it's run, 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 and he's he's almost not used whatsoever in the passing game. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. Like, cause that that's just like, what's what's the word for it? Like, that's just speculation, I guess. Like, I don't think we could say it's a small sample. Size. I don't think we could say like, oh, if he didn't score this touchdown, because you could say that about any player. Like, if they didn't score that yeah. long touchdown, then they would, mm-hmm. you know, only have you know two catches for you know three points. Um, right. So I think I think it's just. You know, I I think we just disregard the whole touchdown part, and we just include everything. And if we're doing that, Delvin Cook, I feel like is one of the best plays on the board this week. Uh, what about you, Jared? Who out of these top five are you prioritizing? Saquon, Eckler. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Zeke. Calf's my last option. I like Cook, but I'm prioritizing Eckler over Cook. Yep, I agree with that. Eckler's been been a uh, a stone, you know, just a stone lock with these with this receiving work. You know, uh, seven targets in game one, six targets in game two. Um, I mean, Austin Eckler's just dominated it. Also had a touchdown called back last week that would have put him uh, with a second straight 30-yard game. He's still just too cheap, frankly. I mean, it's like if Melvin Gordon was, was priced at 7.2 because he has the exact same role on this team. And, and for me, I just want to say I'm prioritizing Zeke. Um, I think Dallas just absolutely, you know, wipes Miami off the face of the planet in this game. I think that it's just going to be an an obliteration in front of this home crowd. I think Dallas just feeds Zeke. You know, there was so much controversy with him in the offseason. I think Jerry just wants to see him, you know, get vindicated for paying him so much money. He's going to earn that 90 mil this weekend, and I think that he goes for, like, three touchdowns. I think that is legit uh, a reasonable expect. I mean, you know, three touchdowns, maybe not a reasonable expectation, but two is, you know, in, in a, as a home favorite against the tanking team, yeah. 20.5 favorites. So Zeke, to me, is the guy to prioritize, and I love Eckler, too, and I'll definitely be trying to fit a third guy in there if we can. Um, so let's talk about some other options. I mean, for me, I am really not too keen on any of these other guys for cash. Uh, yeah. Is there any- any any cheap cash options for you, or are we strictly talking GPP once we go, uh, you know, sub seven K? I think there this running back pull from like, you know, six K and below is just rough. Um, I don't think there's so any. So many people sharing and splitting. It's yeah. just nothing is really secure. I don't think there's any cash viable options um, below six K besides maybe Chris Carson because he is going to be very chalk. So if you want to go for the block. You can go there. Um, but other than that, I really don't like anybody, honestly. <laughs> keep it 100. Uh, what about GPP? To keep oh, it what? Jared? Keep it what? 100. 100. But GPP, yeah, there's <laughs> obviously there's options. GPP, I love Marlon Mack. I mentioned him earlier. Um, mm-hmm. At home against uh, the Falcons. The Falcons do not have a good rush defense. Um, they got ate up by Delvin Cook week one last week. They played an Eagles team that just doesn't believe in running the ball, I guess. So Marlon Mack, he's gotten 20-plus rush attempts the first two games. They're adamant on feeding him the ball. So GPP, I actually love him as a pay-down option off these top guys at 5,800. I think he's just in a great spot for his price. For his price and his workload. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm not usually the Marlon Mack guy, but, I mean, you really can't 
you know, sleep on him in this matchup. They're home favorites. He is 5.8K. I think he's going to be a great GPP target with 30-point upside. And just a fun fact about him, I mean, it doesn't really show up on the box score. He only has three targets on the year, but he is, you know, running more routes than Naheem Hines is as a pass catcher. It could happen, and we know, uh, you know, over the past five years, there hasn't been a better spot to target for running back than you know, people who are going to be receiving catches out of the backfield against this Atlanta D. Um, Jared, what stands out to you at running back on this slate uh, as a GPP? Uh, I mean, nobody else agrees with me, but Mm. can I say it? Are you guys going to make fun of me? Oh, my God. No, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to this one. I won't. All right, Joey, can you just keep it 100 with me? And Devontae Freeman... Yeah, Devontae Freeman, 4.9K uh, in the same matchup as Marlon Mack on the road. What do you like about Freeman, and is he or is he not washed? Because that's my concern with him. I mean, I was I was into Freeman. I was advocating taking him in the third round of redraft. I thought he was going to be, you know, the pivotal key of this Atlanta team, and it just turns out that, you know, Coleman is gone and Edo Smith is just playing that role now. So it's like, I just, I don't know. Are the days of Freeman being an elite fantasy option gone? Or is Jared right here? Free no, it's, what's, what's the answer? It's, it's, just, it's just starting. And this is going to be the game where he breaks out with 25 points and he just starts rolling and so does the Atlanta offense and they win the division. This is the start. This is, this is the start. Their eyes have been opened up. Julio just just took the knife out their back and they're ready to soar all right so julio just 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 injected them all with big dick energy and they're all going to yeah they're all going to take off and it starts it, it starts with freeman scoring his 25 this week because the colts cannot defend the run can't do it they're giving up insane amount of fantasy points to running backs and you know what position Devontae freeman plays tell me running back damn damn yeah no i'm good on that joey you obviously you guys obviously don't like money I like the so, motivational speech though. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. I was, I was with it. Yeah, yeah. I thought no. it would bring, you, I thought it would bring you guys around, but I guess yeah, not. Yeah, no for me, dog. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel um, that. All right, good luck with Kyler Murray this week, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Someone's salty. Nah, it's cool, dude. I don't even um, care. That was the last speech you get out of me. And another option there, Marlon Mack. I do like uh, Joey's call with that. Sony Michelle, I think you can run it back. It didn't really work out last week in the Destroy Miami spot on the road. But they come home now to face a Jets team that is literally falling apart at the seams. They are terrible. So I like Sony Michelle for all the same reasons that we liked him last week. His price didn't go up after a semi-disappointing week. He did get the touchdown in 85 yards, but you know, with no receptions and no 100-yard bonus, that really does not help that much on DraftKings. So we need him to hit at least two touchdowns or a 100-yard bonus and a touchdown. Both of those things, I think, are in reach for him at 6K. Uh, definitely too thin for cash with the floor, but GPPs, he is there. And, uh, you know, actually, I'll save my last one for my one percenter because I think that is hashtag sharp. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I've got for, for this. Is there anybody else? I mean, Mark Ingram, uh, I don't know, no. 
Aaron Jones maybe at home against No, because this dude, this no. dumbass LaFleur, this fucking clown. I'm about to go in on Matt LaFleur real quick. This clown thinks that it's intelligent to split carries with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. What are you doing? Do you see how explosive Aaron Jones is and how much better of an offense the Packers are when Aaron Jones is on the field? You're a clown, my my boy. I don't care that we beat the Vikings and the Bears. We put up, what, 31 points in two games? You're a clown, fam. If you take Aaron Jones off the field, you're literally... Go ahead. Clown. You're a clown. You're a clown. I hope it, wor it better work out, because if not, I'm going to be pissed. But if it works out, good shit. I feel you. But... <laughs> that, that's funny. Um, but, uh... Also, yeah. James Conner missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, you know, if if he does miss, it's, I mean, he said he's going to play, but, I mean, you know, that's not necessarily in his control. I do think that Jalen Samuels uh, would definitely enter consideration. If he were to sit, uh, that's really all I've got for running back. Do you guys want to move on to wide receiver? Um, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I was going to say carry on Johnson, but. Yeah. They did cut C.J. Anderson, so. They did cut C.J. Anderson, which is, I mean, I can't even talk about it. I don't want to. Actually, yo, Latavia, what about Latavius for GPP? Mm, I personally can't go there. Do you think they're gonna run the I'm, ball I'm, like I'm, a ton I'm more? This whole offense until uh, maybe, but I don't know. I'm I really think that like once you get into the red zone with them, it's just it's too tough to predict, and and that's like where all of Latavius's value comes from. Especially, you know, who knows what role Taysom Hill's gonna play? Like Sean Payton didn't starting quarterback. Starter. He's like we're just playing two quarterbacks this week at <laughs> starter, I guess. So I don't I don't know what's going on with that. But this dude said he was yeah, no, Steve I, Young. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's crazy. But we, I just, I don't really want to play any of these Saints this week until we see what this offense without Breeze looks like. Because honestly, we really have no idea. This dude, um, this dude really said Taysom Hill is Steve Young. I don't know if he's smoking pixie dicks over there, but that makes no sense. It's Taysom Hill is Steve Young. Yeah, man. I think he knows I, more about him than you. I doubt it. <laughs> Obviously. Taysom Hill's price. <laughs> I mean, he is That's his player. Shouldn't even be on the slate. 4.4K. Oh, man. I can't believe we just glossed over that lock at quarterback. But, um, May work in I mean, tandem listen. with Teddy Bridgewater as opposed to backing him up. Bro. Yeah, bro, because he's going to be working tandem, and they're going to have two quarterbacks in the backfield till he splits out wide. You're just not going to know how to defend that. We'll dude. approach these, this game with two quarterbacks. We'll have the right plan relative to what those guys are going to be doing. Got it. All right. Listen, listen. Enough, enough is enough. We need to move on to to the entree of this podcast. Um, there's a question. We it's on all of our minds right now. At least it's been on my mind. You know, since Joey's been blowing up my text since like 10:30 this morning. These terrible takes. So I think the question, as we move on to wide receiver, that's on everybody's mind is Joey. Why do you hate money? Joey, why do you why do you hate money? As you guys as you guys can tell throughout this whole podcast, he's had a series of dumbass takes. No, so a series of good takes based on statistical information that, that have that have well, that have put you in the negative. So we're listen, trying to listen, bring you to the the positive. If I recall, we're all in the negative. So 
<laughs> Shut the fuck, up, dude. <laughs> if I actually we're, recall, we're trying to we're we're trying to bring you over you to. Know, how you about? Know, I love money. All right. Okay. So, Ben, what do you gotta say? I just I gotta say. I mean, how can you say, sir, that you have a statistical approach to these things, right? And then when you have the opportunity for a player to, you know, from nowhere slide into the nut matchup mm-hmm. and, and slide from what, you know, was previously a 18% uh, snap share to what's instantaneously going to become a 75% oh, snap okay. share. Okay. Um, you know, and, and clearly we're talking about Devin Smith, the play of the week, 3.4K, <laughs> facing a tanking Miami Dolphins team. And, and you're like, oh, man, but, you know, they have a good safety name, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, who's going to be able to stop the deep ball. No, he's gone. Okay, he's gone. And you know who else is gone? Michael Gallup. But, you know, if Michael Gallup were to be on this late, thank God DraftKings priced him. 5700 right? So why, tell me, DraftKings, is the guy who is going to play snap for snap the exact Michael Gallup role a whole 2.3K cheaper? It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, you know, Devin Smith is going to be the biggest beneficiary of this play-action offense that, that Kellen Moore is running for Dak Prescott. Uh, he is going to be the deep option. No, Joey, Randall Cobb is not going to be streaking down the field as the wide receiver, too, in Dallas in the nut matchup uh, while, while Cooper is being locked down by Howard. Uh, I just do not see how, uh, you know, Devin Smith doesn't lead this team in targets. That, that's what I've got to say about this. <laughs> Joey, Joey, please tell everyone who you said you would rather play instead of Devin Smith. Oh, yeah, I'd rather play um, every single uh, Eagles wide receiver over him. Dude said Mac Hollins. I had to block his number earlier. This is the first time we're talking. Dude, if you played Mac Hollins, that's just like Beyonce sliding into your DMs, and you're like, nah, let me take this Vegas hooker. Mm, that is that's, that's a good comparison. It is. Uh, okay. Mac, tell, tell me why. Tell me why Devin Smith isn't the nut play. I need to know. Cause my first, my first uh, argument against that is we have Aguilar right there, two hundred more, thirty six hundred. Obviously, we're all gonna lock him in. Um, you'd be dumb to not lock Aguilar in for thirty six hundred. My second thing is we don't need to play two receivers that are sub-3K. That's just my opinion, especially in cash. It's a very thin play, okay? So everyone can project, you know, this and that and whatnot, but will it actually happen? That's what we got to figure out. Yes, he will, in- he will get an increase in snaps. I'm not disagreeing with that. But will he get an increase in snaps to the point where it'll give him eight, nine targets? That's my that's my question to you. Will he get eight targets this game? I mean, I think it's in the range of outcomes. Is it his floor? No, but I do think that realistically, I, I think that his floor is like six targets because, you know, we're talking about someone who played on 18 of 70 offensive snaps you know, last week, say that they, they run about 70 plays again. I mean, I don't think that there's any way that he's not at least doubling his snap count. Right. And out of 18 of those snaps, he was targeted three times. So I think, you know, if he is playing at least 36 snaps, which is wildly low, I think that he could easily, you know, be playing way more than that. But I'm saying as a floor, if he's playing, you know, double the snaps he played last week, which makes complete sense. 
I think that he could see six targets if he's targeted at the same rate he was last last week. And and he's going to be in a better matchup, um, the, the stone nut matchup. And I just don't see uh, anything but upside at that pick. Um, and even if even if he were to get you know say five five targets, right? I mean, what's that? You know, like a min of two xing with the upside for 20 points at 3.4k which is a slate breaker like i just i don't see why he is the best play i think he is play for play a better play than nelson Aguilar, but uh they are both locks for me in cash and they allow you to if you want play barkley zeke eckler or, or play three of those guys and also fit in one of the top quarterbacks um so i just don't see uh why the argument of we have nelson Aguilar is even valid when both of them uh, really allow you to put a stone solid lineup out there. That's my thing. <laughs> you know, to each his own, right? Um, I just don't see the need to play an absolute scrub just because he might get a role increase. I mean, it's worth saying that the role that he's stepping into has been targeted more than Amari Cooper in that same offense. Michael Gallup has had the most dominant target share. In, yes, you know, he's had one games. more target than Amari Cooper on the season. That is that is uh, true. Is it more or is it less? It, no, I said it's true. Said. It is true. He has right, had so one more. T- trying to quantify it, He has had one more target. Uh, okay. Gallup has had 15 targets. Cooper has had 14 targets on the year so far. You know, I just think he's going to be behind several guys in targets. Um, I think his ceiling is six targets, personally. Wow. I think his floor is probably where he was, like three. Three targets. Um, obviously, he's in the stone-nut matchup. Like, I don't want to go on about this and for forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, obviously, he has a very good matchup, and he could get there. And he could reach 15, 20 points. Obviously, like all it takes is one long touchdown, like it, like he got last week. Um, but I just don't see the need to play two sub three K guys when you could fit three top running backs in without playing him and Aguilar. So fair enough. If you're not gonna play Devin Smith, and you know you're not really interested in making money this week, where are you going uh, at wide receiver? I mean, are you gonna be playing some of these 4K guys? I mean, I've seen DK Metcalf's uh, name thrown about, Curtis Samuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, what are you looking for in this sub 5K range? Say, if you want to open it up a little bit. I mean, if we just look at it from, you know, a volume standpoint emmanuel sanders has the best volume out of any of these guys that are under 5k so i think sanders should be in mostly of your lineups obviously if you're playing multiple lineups you don't have to play him in all of them but he should be in you know a solid 75 to 80 percent of your lineups at 4.8k DraftKings has just absolutely disrespected this man um he has 20 targets through the first two weeks uh, so obviously 10 targets per game you know he's catching passes from joe flacco so it's not that great but he's put up 19 points in week one and 28 points against the bears a uh, really tough defense last week so i love sanders at 4.8k just because of his volume he's he's going to be the most targeted receiver um every week for the broncos and joe flacco and him seem to have really good connection yeah, definitely, and uh, Jared's headset died, but I will make the argument that I know that he would make 
if he were here right now, and that is that, uh, you know, Jair Alexander is a good cornerback that, you know, potentially could, um, you know, shadow him. Does that worry you, Joey? I mean, so far, uh, Jair is allowing just under 40% of uh, the targets uh, thrown at him to be caught. So, I mean, say he gets, you know, another, you know, average of 10 targets this week, and he only catches four of them. I don't know necessarily that Jair will shadow him, but it's definitely in play. Yeah, I mean... It is in play. Like, I honestly don't know if he will shadow him either. I don't know if he travels into the slot or not. Um, I'm not a Packers fan to know that, but it's probably something that we should look into if we're going to play Sanders. But I feel like projecting or, like, in terms of the targets that he's allowing, like, in terms of catches, I feel like it's just a really small sample size to even consider that. I mean, obviously it's a factor because it determines how good a corner is, is how many catches he's lighting up on the targets uh, thrown at him. But it also has been two weeks in the NFL, and he played um, Kirk Cousins, who has been wildly trashed so far this year in two weeks, and uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So I think we also have to take that into account just a little bit. Okay. Um, that's fair. Let's, uh, You're pissing me off. You are pissing me off. Back. Hold on. Well, Jair, well we said we didn't know if he no. travels. Yeah, is, is Jair going to travel into the state? I, I doubt it, but... Well, that means that Emmanuel's a great he's, he, he's If he's going to be on... For sub-5K. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah, he, he he's all right. I don't, think, I don't think Jair will travel because we got... Kevin King, who's been playing well, even though he got his he got f-ing cooked like a steak the other day. Um, he's been playing well, so there's no need to really travel. Like no one, no one on the offense is elite, and no one's scared of Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's erotic ass. So, I mean, they're gonna Packers are gonna blow him out anyways. There's no need to travel. He's not going to anyways. And well, I mean, I think a negative game script actually helps Sanders. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, obviously, nobody's expecting them to like win this game or ever have a lead, honestly, going to Lambeau. But I mean, I think that if they're down from the start, it just means Sanders might be in line for another 13 targets. Yeah. And, and the matchup is better. I mean, yeah, Packers. I mean, maybe it's not better. I guess I guess the Bears might not have as good of a secondary. It's possible. Eh. I think the Bears secondary. Pass rush. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if Fuller is necessarily better than Alexander. Hard to tell. Fuller is. Let's let's calm down with that. Fuller is better than Alexander right now. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, if this pace continues, but let's not dwell on this. Sanders is going to be one of the most popular. Players. Oh yes. Um, do you guys have a read on uh, the Miko Hardman Demarcus Robinson situation? Because I think that that's going to be very impactful in this matchup. You know, obviously, it was Robinson last week who caught the insane, you know, 6-for-6, six six, 172 and two touchdowns. It's the different Chiefs wide receiver that's breaking the slate every week. Sammy week one, Robinson week two. Is it going to be me cold this week who, you know, inexplicably had a 74-yard yeah. uh, uh. touchdown called back? He already had uh, 16 points last week. That was, a you know, a 17-point uh, 4%, uh, a 17.4 point play, as I talked about in my cash uh, recap video this week, uh, when you in- incorporate the reception, the 100-yard bonus, and the touchdown. It's just absolutely insane how much that one holding call, you know, damaged me, Cole. But, I mean, 5K in this game that is going to be heavily targeted. I think that both of these guys are in play. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say that, obviously, ownership projections um, 
are just projections. Uh, they're just you know statistical data based on what people what they think people will play. And for some reason, right now, Roto Grinders has Demarcus Robinson projected at two percent and Hardman at three percent owned. And this is for GPPs, but that usually correlates well to cash. So, um, are we like? misreading this game or are these projections just a little off from what people will actually do um i personally look more at projections a little bit later in the week because yeah, i think it, it is the more podcasts and content that comes out really shifts especially the public's view on things because a lot of people don't know what to think until they're told <laughs> so i mean i mean honestly though you will seriously see these change so much based on like you know who the touts are touting so i think that that is legit uh you know we'll have to keep an eye on it if if people start hammering one of these guys more than the other specifically i think that their ownership will change yeah. drastically but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, we do need to keep the show moving along here, though, so let's uh, let's move on. A um, couple more mid-range guys. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has been dominating up to this point. Uh, 13 targets week one, 11 targets week two. I know Joey is into that play, and also John Brown for me, I think, is you know a great play if you know you want to stack him with Josh Allen. He's had seven catches in each of the first two weeks, and he showed last week that he could be productive even without the deep bomb, that he's just going to be involved in this offense no matter what, facing a, a, a pretty washed Cincinnati team. Do you guys like uh, either of those options? I love both John Brown and Larry Fitz this week, honestly. I wish I could play both of them. Agreed. I'm not, like, I don't think, going to be able to get there this week with the running back situation and having to pay up for three top running backs um, seems like the more optimal way to go but like you mentioned Fitzgerald just has had you know crazy targets the first two weeks um he doesn't even look how old he is and John Brown is just you know probably the best weapon that Josh Allen has had so far in his young career and they fit well together um with Josh Allen's uh type of passer that he is so i love both those plays Jared. how much is don brown 5.5 300 more than he was last week yeah i don't i don't mind him if i can get there but i don't think i'm gonna have the salary with the lineup i made now i have keenan wait yeah i have i'm playing four receivers actually i'm playing keenan julio devin smith and nelson aguilar Interesting. Uh, we'll definitely touch on those top guys actually right uh, in a second here. The last guy in the mid-range I really want to hit on is Marquise Brown. Um, you know, it's really crazy if you look at his game log. In week one, he had five targets and 33 points. In week two, he had 13 targets and 16 points. Like, that sounds totally backwards. Yeah. But, um, you know, he just happened to get those two long touchdowns in week one. And now he's going to be facing, you know, a Chiefs team potentially in a negative game script for the first time for the Ravens all year. I mean, it's Marquise Brown, just like a screaming value at 5.9K. I think he is a great uh, GPP option for this week, um, especially if people aren't on this game. Obviously, it might change, but, you know, his price has increased um, from the first two weeks, but I love him at 5.9K going up against a bad Chiefs secondary um, and he is Lamar's favorite target by far, um, besides Mark Andrews. So I love Marquise Brown at 5,900. Uh, 
top tier wide receivers. Jared, you want to kick us off here? I mean, I'm in. I love Julio. Even before I saw he was chalk, I was all I was all over Julio. Um, Julio. I mean, I guess if Keenan's chalk, you can't really, don't really want to fade him, but. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really in love with Keenan this week. I'd rather just play Eckler and and move on. I, I do like Keenan this week. I think that he stood out to me. I mean, listen, I'm a Lions fan, but I. I mean, I can admit last year he really torched Slay. Like it, it was. I mean, Slay made up for it with the game-winning pick. But I mean, you know, Keenan was eating, especially early in the game. Nine targets in the first half. I think that he forced. Uh, you know, beyond the, the receptions that he had, he was forcing, you know, pass interference left and right. He was just dominant. And with Mike Williams dealing with an injury, um, with with Hunter Henry out, I think, you know, this this insane target share, 10 targets week, 115 last week. I think, you know, Keenan is just underpriced at 7K, frankly. He's a great play. Um, one, play one player I want to mention is DeAndre Hopkins, who, you know, obviously is a stud, but only 7.8k against the Chargers and yeah I mean definitely you do have to consider that Hayward is there but I mean Chargers have gotten eaten alive by wide receiver ones the last two weeks T.Y. Hilton 8 for 87 and 2 Kenny Galladay 8 for 117 and 2 and Hopkins is while he is the most uh, expensive player on the slate he's only 7,800 definitely within reach and I think Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins is viable in tournaments for the upside and definitely low ownership this week with easy, you know, options to bring it back with an Eckler and Keenan. What do you guys think about Hopkins this week? Yeah, I, I love Hopkins. Honestly, I love all these top receivers because they're priced down for some reason. Um, like, at least some of these guys should be over 8K. Um, like you mentioned, Keenan Allen uh, had a really good week last week. Julio Jones is cheap. Uh, D-Hop is cheap for being probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, obviously, he had a bad game last week against the Jags, but <clears throat> just 7.8K for him. Uh, great GPP option, like you said. I love Hopkins. I mean, Devontae Adams should be over 8K. I mean, this dude just cooked up the Vikings last week. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is Adams, whenever you know he's in a game healthy, is you know always in play for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the case at 7.6 all these guys are great gpp options we're definitely going to move on to tight end here the last guy uh, i do want to mention and i guess it's a twofold is you know the bucks wide receivers if you do want to play you know Jameis, chris godwin has you know officially been priced above mike evans he is 6.9k i do think that one of these weeks is going to be evans we know evans is that kind of player and i think you know maybe against the giants this week at home uh, could be the week to get him at low ownership, 6.6K. I mean, that's just crazy cheap for Mike Evans, who easily has 30-point upside you know, within his range of outcomes. So I like that GPP only uh, for sure. Moving on to tight end here, guys. Um, you know, interestingly enough, this tight end tier is is different than it has been in recent weeks. You know, Evan Ingram was vastly underpriced. Now he is 5.2K in the same range as George Kittle, 5.6. Zach Ertz coming off of a 16-target performance last week. Everybody's going to be eager to play 
uh, guys like Aguilar, maybe some people will play Whiteside, but really it's Ertz, I think, who benefits the most from, from the Alshon uh, Goddard and Deshaun Jackson injuries. He is going to be the go-to target for Wentz. Obviously, you know, Kelsey is always in play, but he's very expensive this week. And Mark Andrews as well, 4.6K, coming off of back-to-back 100-yard games. Hasn't had less than 27 points on DraftKings this year, and he's only 4.6K. So, I mean, what stands out to you guys, you know, in this sort of mid-range of tight ends? I think all these guys are viable. Yeah, they <clears throat> they definitely priced down the tight ends this week, rightfully so. Like George Kittle, he hasn't been doing too well, but he also um, has been on the negative side of variance, so there's that. I love Kittle this week at 5,600. You're getting a top tight end very, very cheap. Um, I love Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews. Those are the two guys that I would consider for cash. Um, I'm leaning more towards Mark Andrews right now, but we'll see how the week evolves. I may get on Evan Ingram for only 600 or, yeah, 600 more. Um, But, yeah, George Kittle, GPPs, Evan Ingram, Mark Andrews in cash for me. Um, If I want to pay down, I'm looking at, you know, guys like Greg Olson, TJ Hawkinson, and OJ Howard is uh, stupid cheap. Uh, yep, that is fair. Uh, what about you, Jared, for this mid-range? And then if you want to talk about Greg Olson after that, I know that uh, that's a play I love Greg Olson this week, dude. The Cardinals have been getting gashed by tight ends. Mark Andrews last week, Hawk the first week. Um, I'm all in on Cam Newton, especially if uh, Kyle Island starts. I mean, who else, is, who else would you throw to as a safety net? Old reliable. Yeah, I mean McCaffrey maybe, but yeah, I mean that's a fair point. And and Olsen has had uh, nine targets back to back games. Definitely, um, you know, not you know coming back healthy for sure. He has been as healthy as he's been in recent recent years, I think. Um, I do agree with Joey's take, though. I will say I think that Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram are the two. Guys, mostly in cash consideration for me. And honestly, I wouldn't be afraid to play Zacherts either. I mean, having, you know, that 17 target game last week. Uh, and if all these injuries stand, I think that would be right back in play this week. Um, yeah, I mean, 5,700 is just too cheap for somebody with 16 target upside. It's just absurd. But, yes. um, I mean, is there any any possibility of us getting up to Kelsey this week? Or is it just too many other expensive guys that we're looking at? Yeah, there. I don't think there's any way to get up to Kelsey, especially in cash. Obviously, he's always a solid GPP option at tight end. Um, Seventy one hundred going up against the Ravens at home. He's basically the wide receiver one in the Chiefs offense. So I do love Kelsey, but there's just honestly, I just can't see a way to play him unless you want to sacrifice um, a running back. But I don't think that's the most uh, optimal way to construct your lineup this week. Yeah, uh, definitely no doubt about that. Now, speaking of optimal ways to construct your lineup, I think that this is going to be a huge question that people have. You know, uh, it's well known in DFS that, you know, defense a lot of the time is going to come down to variance. It's going to come down to, you know, which team gets the touchdown. Yeah, we can proje- we can project sacks and pressures and stuff like that, but really – you know, when, when those things are all worth one point, maybe two points, it's, it's the touchdown that's worth six that really can swing a slate. Yeah. We saw that last week with the Patriots. Um, you really had no hope of winning a GPP if you didn't have the Patriots in there. They put up 37 points, which is just absolutely insane for a defense. I mean, two defensive touchdowns in a week. Now, 
I mean, that isn't something that you could say is naturally projectable. And yet, I mean, this, this Dolphins team is historically bad. They have historically low effort. And I think that it isn't crazy to assume that, you know, the Cowboys, who have been priced up all the way to 4.3K, um, you know, realistically could, again, put up a slate-breaking game. Patriots as well at 3.8K, who have been solid in both of their games, even without, uh, you know, those two touchdowns, are now going to be facing a third-string quarterback at home. Yeah. You know, is it is it feasible to, to plug either of these defenses in? Patriots 3.8, Cowboys 4.3. Or do we just stick to, you know, what we've known for years and, and try and pay down the defense? What do you guys think about that in, in terms of lineup construction? Um, <clears throat> Specifically for cash, I am paying down at defense. Um, You know, you don't you just don't have to pay up for defense in cash games. And you could use a salary elsewhere like 3.8 and 4.3 thousand is a lot for a defense. But for GPPs. I think, like you just mentioned, how if you didn't play the Patriots, you were basically dead in GPBs, like in the Millie Maker, um, some other contests out there, you were dead. So I think you either go to the Cowboys or the Patriots, and I would lean more towards the Patriots this week just because you're getting a 500 discount. And the Jets do have some position players, like they obviously have Lev, and they have Crowder and Robbie Anderson. But all in all, it's being their offense is being led by a third string quarterback in Lou Falk. And the Patriots yeah, defense for sure. is Well, I think the Patriots defense is way better than the Cowboys defense. I think the Patriots defense has a more realistic chance at say twenty points than the Cowboys do, even though they are playing the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. Also uh, worth noting, the Jets are going to be on a short week as they played on Monday night. Uh, Jared, what do you think about paying up for these two defenses? Is it viable? I would rather not pay up for defense in cash games. Um, and I'd rather just pay down to, like, the Steelers or someone like the Chargers. I know you were we were talking before about how many times Watson's been sacked. 10 through two games. Yeah. So, I mean, in GPPs, yeah, pay up for the Cowboys. And, I mean, all these people paying up for the Patriots last week in cash, I don't understand it. Like, I mean, I guess I understand it, but, like, I'll never do that. That 3700 yeah. I'm not doing that in cash. I mean, it worked out for you because Kalen Balazs literally handed Jamie Collins a touchdown. And that, that, that boosted them up even more. Dude's sad. I don't. This dude said I don't feel like catching this. Take this. But, I mean, they still even without that they still had a great a great defensive game. Um, but it's just not is. That's like a. That's not gonna happen every time. That's not. It's yeah. not an optimal way, in my opinion, to play, play cash. But defense in football is like catcher in baseball. You just punt, punt catcher, punt defense. There's no reason to pay yeah. up in cash and GPPs. There is. I mean, that's fair, but I mean, you could also look at week one where the people who won GPPs had the 49ers at, at 2.2 K because it, it, again, it comes down to who is scoring those touchdowns. And if somebody for some crazy reason scores two defensive touchdowns, it's a slate breaker. But 
I mean, I agree with you guys, you know, as a whole. I, it's just like when I'm making my lineup, defense is the easiest thing to cut down at in terms of price because, like, really it's just, you know, you're hoping for something to happen. But I do wonder if maybe we are letting, you know, past years dictate our opinion on this and, and what we look at as traditionally the right smart play, and we're not really incorporating how bad this Dolphins team is. That That's kind but. of what I'm thinking. But... I mean, they're historically yeah. bad. Like we have. To yeah, admit. they are historically bad, but like, we also have to look at the Cowboys' defense, and they've played a. You know, the Giants aren't as bad as the Dolphins, but they still are pretty bad, and they only got six points. They only had one sack, two fumbles. They played a Redskins team that is also pretty bad. Granted, they were on the road, no interceptions, no fumbles, only one sack and one point. So and then they got priced yeah. up a thousand because they are going up against this historically bad Dolphins team, but like I said before, the Patriots defense is so much better than the Cowboys. I feel like and for five hundred, you're basically you're saving five hundred, and I feel like you're getting more upside at the defensive position going from the Cowboys and Patriots and less ownership in GPPs. Agreed. Um, definitely spent quite a bit of time on defense. Probably the most we ever have, considering last year we just said, uh, you know, scroll and scroll and pray. You know, go down to the bottom and and, and just pick whoever. But uh, the last thing I'll say in in specific context of this slate, I mean, we have what like four or five new quarterbacks starting. There are plenty of defenses that you can plug in who are going to be facing either a rookie mm-hmm. or a guy who is who's making his first start this year. You know, a backup, something like that. So. I think there are a lot of options at defense. I would not put too much ownership behind one defense if I'm making multiple GPP yeah. lineups because I think that there's multiple defenses that could smash values. So I agree. Uh, that's just what I'm going to say about defense. Let's move on, guys. We have two more segments to get through real quick. Uh, guys, give me a 1% play that you think could smash in GPPs. All right. So my 1% play in GPPs. Would have to be, um, <clears throat> you know, th- th- this is tough. You know, I, I Randall Cobb. Yeah, no. Um, I think I would lean towards uh, Josh Gordon. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Josh Gordon at uh, what's his what's his price here? Five point four. Yeah, five point four k. Josh Gordon. You know, he's gonna be very very low owned. Um, has a good matchup against the Jets, uh, secondary, and you know, if I if I'm just specifically looking for a one percenter, Josh Gordon would be the guy that I would uh, target. Fair point. And his snaps actually, despite Antonio Brown joining the team last week, rose from sixty seven percent to seventy nine percent in week two. Theoretically, uh, you know, it, it's kind of looked over because the Antonio Brown story really overshadowed the Patriots for the past week and a half. But, I mean, Josh Gordon was also working back. You know, he was a late addition to the team. So I think that it it makes sense that he'll be playing more and more as these weeks go on. Jared, do you want to give me a 1% play uh, that you think could smash some GPP lines? First of all, why do we even ask Joey things? Because we already know it's going to be a Patriot thing. Um... But anyways, before my headset dies again, uh, well, maybe you should charge it. I, yeah, maybe, maybe I should, but maybe I don't want to. So, 
I like James Washington as a... I don't know how low-owned he's going to be, but I like him as a, a smash GPP play. He's a one-percenter. Think so? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I think that that's actually pretty good. I mean, a lot is going to be made over the coming week of his bond with Mason Rudolph from college, not to mention all the preseason production that the two of them had. Uh, you know, Dante Moncrief... You know, he got a second chance after being absolutely terrible in week one, dropping a ton of balls, and then he dropped his first pass in week two, was benched immediately. So I do think that between that and, you know, the, the chemistry between, you know, uh, Rudolph and Washington, uh, I think that he's viable at 3.5K as a GPP option and as a GPP pivot if you want to get off of Aguilar. Obviously, you can't get off of Devin Smith, but that goes without saying. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and for me, uh, this one is somewhat injury dependent, but, you know, both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are banged up. Uh, you know, Williams is mix, uh, missing practice on Wednesday. If either one of them were to miss, Darwin Thompson is min price, 3K. He's going to be in the smash spot at home in, in a game that has, you know, 60 point you know, potential upside. He's an explosive player, and he is not going to go owned. That being said, I think if one of them were ruled out, he might see a slight spike in ownership. But, again, there is a chance that, you know, say these guys are questionable all the way up until 11.30, you know, in the morning, an hour and a half before lock, and, and people are just not going to, you know, be on Darwin Thompson if if that's the case. And I think that he definitely could go for, you know, at least 20 points in the right scenario for a GPP at, at min price and, and just smash the slate. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hate that, especially if one of them misses, if both of them miss. It, well, then he's a cash lock, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that's, that'd be, that'd I be mean, nuts. We'll see. That would be nuts. That would totally change the slate, honestly. But um, yeah, I mean, We'll see how that goes. We are recording this late Wednesday night. Um, let's move on to the final segment, guys. Best bets. Give me the best bets you guys see on the slate, over, under, you know, a team win, whatever you got. Let, let me have it. What do we got? Um, my best bet of the week is the Cowboys uh, minus 21 and a half. We're just going to smash the Dolphins every week, so. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I mean – Okay, I can't blame you for that because that's probably a pretty solid bet, to be honest with you. Um, how about you, Jared? What what really stands out to you on this uh, slate in terms of betting? Honestly, I like the Cardinals' money line to win straight up mm. as as underdogs. Mm. Or the um, do you have the odds on that? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I don't, but I have Fantasy Labs open, so I could probably look. Give me one second. Let's see. They are... If it'll show it. It won't show it, actually. They're, That's they're, fine. People can look it up themselves. They're plus two and a half, so I'm guessing it'll be probably plus close to 200, maybe? 175? Mm-hmm. Ish? That would make sense. In that area. So I like that. Or I, or I like the... Uh, what what was it the the under in the the uh, Jets game because I don't think they're gonna score a single point honestly yeah uh, currently that is at forty four 
if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that's a solid under. And and my best bet of the week is also going to be uh, an under. I think that the uh, the Lions and Eagles game goes under. You know, in part because of all of the you know players that the Eagles are missing. And you know, the Lions ideally the way they play, they're not going to be you know burying teams. They want to play close games. They want to play games where they can run a ton. So I just I think realistically, you know, without the Eagles being at full strength, I think that it's pretty easy to project this game to go under 47 points. I mean, you know, I think it's really realistic to imagine like a 21-24 type game. Yeah, and that's already uh, dropped out of there. So. Yeah, it's dropping. So, I mean, it opened at 48.5. It's already down 1.5, and I would not be shocked to see it continue to drop. So if you can still get that at 47 uh, by the time this comes out, I would, I would lock that in because I think it is going to continue to drop throughout the week. Yeah, um, and you might as well just smash the Bills over. I mean, 44. They're going to score, yeah, they're gonna score 45 themselves. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even consider that. So, yeah, I mean, there's actually some good bets this week, uh, maybe better than in this past week where, you know, yeah, I don't know, not, not, not as great. But, um, yeah, guys, I think that is going to be uh, an episode for us. So, you know, as always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Our ads are on the screen if you're watching the video version. If not, uh, you know, be sure to hit us up on Twitter. Individually, you can find me at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyCarrion underscore, but only follow me if you're not going to play Devin Smith this week. <laughs> if you're not a part of the rake, then you can follow me. If you are, then I don't want you following me either way. So, And mine's <laughs> at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. And if you do like Devin Smith and you want to win some money with us, you could follow me. And we could both tag Joey together and send him, uh, send him hate hate oh, mail. Yeah. Oh, definitely, no doubt about it. But yeah. um, yep, that's gonna be it for us guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know we and along with you, the listeners, win some GPPs this week. Let's get it. Let's sail to the money. We will see you next week.